millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When I was a kid, my dad was a cop. And we spent five seasons of Loose Units, the podcast, talking through his cases, but the unexplained and the paranormal kept rearing their heads. So this season, we're going to take a look at hauntings, ghost stories, and the crimes behind them. Because the story doesn't end when the killing is done. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Every week, Dad and I get together and talk about a different haunted site typically around Australia. But given that we were in Sydney together very recently, we thought we'd do something a little different. So we actually went somewhere together to see whether it was as haunted as people said it was. Callan Park was established in 1878. The idea was to help psychiatric patients move away from the barbaric treatments undergone over at places like Gladesville. But underfunding soon led to overcrowding and underpaid staff And what began then was a cycle of very serious abuse. In 1961, a royal commission into Callan Park Mental Hospital was launched that revealed that, amongst other things, there was a group of male staff who were abusing patients through physical abuse and neglect. Some absolutely terrifying things have happened at this place over the years. So Dad and I thought we'd actually go out there with Tegan and just kind of get a read on the place. Now, as you'll recall... Throughout this season of Loose Units, and in fact way back, Dad has talked about a park that he's walked through on his way to and from places, and he has claimed that he walks past a place that is, in his words, pretty fucked up. Now, Dad's here right now, and he won't have enjoyed that impression of him, but (laughs) having visited the place with me and Tegan on a pretty weird, spooky day, how would you regard Callan Park, energy-wise? I took you and Tegan there a few days ago. And the weather was somewhat inclement. Yeah. Uh, I'd go so far as to say atmospheric. Does that mean weather can be clement? No. So, Paul, <laughs> do you recall the, the three of us were standing yeah. at the entrance to, and I'm going to use the 19th century terminology here, mm-hmm. the lunatic asylum. What was it actually called back in the day? Back in what day? You know, the day. Like the old the old days. Actually, Dad, back in the day, it was referred to by this. Callan Park Hospital for the Insane. You know, do you recall when we were standing out the front of that sort of very kind of... It was sort of a somber, sandstone, beautifully designed building. But do you mm. recall when the three of us were just looking at the sign, that noise we heard? 
I've never heard a noise like that before. Now, we kind of know where the noise came from, but it was the most sort of... It was quite distressing. It came from above, from in the clouds. Oh, that's right. So there was a lot of cloud cover, and we heard what sounded like a sort of growling dog thing. Yes, yes. And it turns out you you and Tegan both figured out that it was the landing gear deploying on a particularly crappy plane. Mm, that's really weird. Imagine yeah. if it was Beelzebub looking down on us. Like, it was creepy. I've never in my life, ever, in 61 years, heard a noise like that. Objectively weird, yes. Very the timing wasn't great. Yeah, but I mean, what was interesting about this place, Dad, and I wanted to surprise you with this before we delved into the history. Did you know that there are tunnels running underneath Callan Park? No, no, I didn't. So apparently, I'm just going to read this from a thread of basically spelunkers on Reddit. They were asking about any haunted sites in Sydney and somebody answered, Callan Park in Roselle, it's a colonial mental hospital. And then there's this incredible claim. There is a network of underground tunnels running under the complex where numerous cells house the violent psychopaths. There is also a tunnel that runs from the bay all the way up to the complex. This was apparently used to transport prisoners from boats into the hospital. They did so at night so the patients would never see the light of day. Oh, now, God, I, that's so heavy. Yeah, now... We were there. We, we kind of did a walk of the grounds. It's in Callan Park, which is an objectively beautiful spot. I mean, if you didn't know that this place was a, you know, used to be an asylum. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's been all kinds of things since then. It was, I think it was part of the University School of the Arts. and mm. uh, But I didn't even stop to think that there might be stuff underneath. Wow. So I did, I did a little bit of digging, Dad. Mm, good pun. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I found a blog where somebody actually did... A tour where they got access to the secret underground tunnels mm. at Callan Park. Now, I'm looking through here, and I, I can link this on the Facebook page. You know, they walked the same area we did. They walked mm. past the clock tower, which looks a little bit Hogwartsy. They walked down this rabbit warren of corridors, and then they headed down this door, which I'm pretty sure we saw through one of the windows. And suddenly, they're heading down into what looks like a labyrinth. There's very small writings etched all over the walls. There's, Dad, this is these are it's like a colonial era dungeon, and it extends the entire length of the facility, which is as you know very very large. And then there's a bunch of kind of walled off areas that they couldn't get into, and there's what looks like tunnels stretching into the distance. It's so incredibly serial killerish and creepy. Now I don't know whether the tunnel that extends to the bay to get prisoners across from the bay is actually a thing. But it's completely true. All it took was a little bit of digging and somebody who I'm pretty sure went there kind of on the QT. And it turns out that, yes, underneath this old school mental asylum, tunnels, like, and not just that, tunnels, that cells where they could put people who were Yeah, it's full on. Oh, my God. I don't God. know whether I'd really like to go down into the bowels of that institution because no. it's such a terribly depressing place. I remember when we looked in some of the windows when we were there on the weekend, it had this very, very kind of... You wouldn't be surprised to see something or someone just sort of, you know, travel up the stairs or it's certainly got the vibe. Mm. But you've got to appreciate, Paul, that when that place was set up, I mean, I'm, I'd like to read to you and the listeners some of the reasons as to why or how you could be committed to an institution. That's excellent. I actually mm. would like to know this. So okay. yes, it's, it's been sent to me by 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 one of our great fans. Okay. That she'll remain nameless, but she knows who she is. Okay. okay. So, shall I re just read a few to you? 
Yeah, please do. Kick, if you were kicked in the head by a horse, mm-hmm. you're off to the mental institution. Provide, okay, so there's several outcomes from being kicked by a horse in well, the head. There's one, you die, in which true, case... True. Yeah. Then they, they then they just take you straight to a, a cemetery. Sure, but what if you're completely fine? Or do they take you there as a precaution? No, it's just... I mean, it'd be pretty traumatic. I was once kicked by a horse. And not in the head, thank God. Huh. Although some people might doubt that. But... Um, <laughs> But um, that's very funny. Anyway, that's that's. Anyway, look, it's traumatic. Okay. So, um, ill treatment by husband. I'll just I'll just go through with you. Yeah. Imaginary female trouble, hysteria. Hang on, hang on. Imagine like you're imagining women and they're haunting you. Are they talking about? I think it's a female that has trouble and she's right. imagining it. So that's how people. That's how men in the 1800s would view women who were having you know legitimate issues. Yes, correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, hysteria. Hmm. An immoral life. Oh, hello. Imprisonment. That's weird, that one. Because if you were imprisoned, you'd kind of go mad and then you'd be taken away perhaps to an institution. Right, yeah. Jealousy and religion. So we'll just keep going for a while. Laziness. Mm-hmm. I, I think basically this list covers pretty well everyone in society. Marriage of a, marriage of a son. So when, when you got married, mm-hmm. uh, Christine or I or both of us, could have been committed. Now, would that be because you were so stressed out by the who had married that you were committed? Possibly, or? possibly. Look, yeah. I, 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 look, I'm getting the idea here that basically they could lock you up for whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, but I want to keep going because they're starting to get a bit exciting. Masturbation and syphilis. Wait, and syphilis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next one's masturbation for 30 years. Hang on. So if you jack off for 30 years, they'll lock you up? I don't know whether your grandmother's <laughs> going to approve of what you just said, Paul. Apologies to grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, here's an interesting one. Mm. Medicine to prevent conception. Uh, okay, so birth control, basically. Yeah, birth point. control. Yep. Uh, menstrual deranged. Uh, so, I guess if you were just around that time feeling a bit, how are you going? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that is a reason to be committed to this institution. Um, of course, opium habits, which is kind of, there was a lot of that happening. Uh, overaction of the mind, something you suffer from. That's um, the pot calling the kettle black. Get ready for this one. Overstudy of religion. Oh, right. So you could be committed for not studying it enough and studying it too much. Correct. Um, overtaxing mental powers. Like a psychic? Yes. And here's a classic. Parents were cousins. Ooh, hang on. No, no. Surely the parents should be committed, not you. Uh, are they saying... It cause trauma. Right. Although it might be saying if the parents were cousins, they'd be committed. I think that's perhaps more the case. Yeah. Um, now, get ready for this one. Tobacco and masturbation. Right. So if you were masturbating while smoking, you were rat shit. Or if you're doing it so fast, it actually bursts into flames. <laughs> like uh, rubbing two sticks together. Yeah. You're an ideas person. Political excitement. Oh. Politics, religious enthusiasm, fever and loss of lawsuit. Fits and desertion of husband. Uh-huh. Asthma. As- what? Asthma? Yep. Asthma, bad company, bad habits and political excitement. Yeah. Bad whiskey. Uh... Bloody flux, brain fever, business nerves, carbonic acid gas. Farts. Death of a son in war. Decoyed into the army. Deranged masturbation. Dad, you, these appear to be alphabetical. I think we should probably wrap this list up. Oh, okay, but it's a- pretty... I mean, 
it's fascinating, isn't it? So basically, you know, look, basically, I'm just reading a few. Some of them are pretty, pretty full on. Look, I think what we're figuring out here is, yes, they could pretty much lock you up for anything. But I mean, at that point... Supp- suppressed masturbation. Sure. All right. Just, just like put a silencer on it. Um, I think what happened here was they basically built this place because of overcrowding mm, in, yeah, yeah. in the Gladesville Hospital of the mm. Insane, right? Mm. And I believe they tried... I think they renamed this one to try and stop that stigma. But... Yeah. I mean, what happened was, I think the overcrowding happened, and the records show that the overcrowding happened because uh, the influx of patients during and after the Depression and World War Two, And at that point, you know, they were basically overflowing with patients, and they mm. kept kind of tacking on different facilities. And if you go to Callan Park, you can just walk around the grounds. It does look like this odd hodgepodge of, like, in terms of the era of the architecture, Dad, I mean, it looks to me like it was built all roughly around the same time, but it does look like bits were added as needed, as opposed to one complete structure. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's mm. sort of evolved. As as Look, don't forget, Paul and listeners, that it used to be an offence to be homeless, for example. Mm. The police could actually arrest you for being homeless. And that was sort of under the New South Wales Summary Offences Act. You, know, you, you could be arrested for being disorderly. In other words, if you looked shabby, just sort of, you know, not that well-dressed, the police, you know, notoriously could, could you know, arrest you. Mm. They could throw you in the slammer. Uh, but, of course, if you... Imagine if you resisted arrest or you were actually, um, you know, had some, some sort of psychological damage, which who wouldn't being sort of living that terribly sort of quite depressing life, then... And it, and it used to happen when I was in the New South Wales Police Force. Occasionally, we uh, would do what was back then called scheduling, where mm. we, you could either take the person before a doctor who had the power to schedule or get ready for this. You could take the person and put them before um, a police officer above the rank of sergeant. So what we used to do, because we you'd make a sort of a, a, a judgment call and there were lots and lots of cases, as we've discussed over the years, of things that were were very, very traumatic. Um, you know, and we would witness people having, you know, um, sort of breakdowns and just, you know, and they they needed some really, really sort of urgent care. So what we would do is we'd get them scheduled. Mm. We'd take them back to the police station. Sometimes we'd have them, and this might sound really sad and quite depressing, listeners, but. And it's not that long ago, but in the 1980s, if we had someone in the paddy wagon that was clearly in a very, very bad way, and I know what you're thinking, you're thinking, you know, why didn't you just take them up to the, say, the Martyr Hospital in North Sydney or Crow's Nest? Or why didn't you take them to the Royal North Shore or the St. Vincent's Hospital? But sometimes these people were so, so disturbed that we'd get the sergeant to come out of the, the police station at North Sydney, we'd open up the back of the paddy wagon tentatively and very carefully might I add and the the, the sergeant would make a, a sort of a, a call as to what he or she observed and we would then convey them to and I'm going to use the terminology as per the 1980s but we would take them to a mental institution which is what they were called back then and the one that we used to go to most of the time was called the North Ride Mental Asylum and we'd take them out 
and it was really really traumatic it was it was really as a young um you know police officer i was in my early 20s um i don't think that i'd had anything to do or seen any people in these terribly distressed states prior to joining the police force Mm -hmm. so it was really really upsetting but i was very compassionate and i felt that these people were certainly not criminals they were they just needed help but one thing that is very important listeners is that it's not up to the new south wales police or probably any police probably in the world to make a call as to the offender or the person in custody's mental state what happens generally is that the police follow procedure they 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 go through the process they charge them but then the state of their mind is taken into consideration a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. But you've also got to be aware, Paul and listeners, that it would be very um, sort of wrong of a police officer to perhaps put someone in a terrible state, like a psychotic state, for example, into custody because of self-harm. Okay. And and you've you've heard lots and lots of stories. So what we used to do, we'd convey them to Northride. Generally, the, the times that I went there as a police officer was pretty well every time at night time. Uh, I don't know whether it's to do with sort of night time being the time where I guess these things manifest themselves. But we take them out there. We had to take our, the same as in a jail, we had to take our, you know, gun, handcuffs, all our sort of... Um, our gear off and we would then escort these people into the actual you know institution and i'll never forget and i know i've said this to you before but the first time i ever went into a mental institution as a police officer i remember and it was like it was something like out of the scene of some movie that i it was so dystopian where 
literally everyone would just come and they they just want to touch you. But remember, Paul, that at Callan Park, there are on the floors in some of the wards these gouges out of the floors. Can you possibly hypothesize as to how you'd have gouges in these rooms? I would have said furniture being dragged. Um, okay. Well, worse than that, they had they used to do electroshock therapy. Oh, God. And it was so terrible that the beds sometimes would, as though they were levitating off the ground, then they'd, they'd smash down because right. these people were tied to the beds. Oh, Jesus. So when they shook violently, the actual beds just vibrated insanely and, and they left these terrible, grinding, deep grooves in all the floors because a lot of the floors were um, timber tiled or concrete. Mm-hmm. And they say that electroshock therapy was one of the last resorts, at least um, today. Um, in fact, a friend of mine who was head of a psychiatric unit at a major institution, he and I was quite shocked when he told me this, but he told me with acute depression, even today, and I say today, but he told me this about maybe eight years ago. It'd be interesting to get some feedback from some professionals within this um, sort of organisational situation. Told He told me that they still used electroshock therapy. I met a guy once who had had electroshock therapy, actually. Yeah. I mean, to witness it must be hmm. pretty traumatic. But, but my friend was telling me that that is used as a last resort to to draw people out of extreme depression. Right, okay. So it's fascinating. But, That's um, terrifying. you know, you know, they've done lots of filming at Callan Park. They've done documentaries, they've done movies, and there have been some incredible stories where, where some of the, the, the crew have refused to work. Yeah. They've, just, they, they've said they can't possibly work. It's just something so creepy. I can actually, yeah, I found this article in the Daily Mail, and I'm going to read from it now. Here we go. A cast member has vowed never to return to the set where an Australian horror movie was filmed, claiming spirits whispered in his ears. Sydney-based film Ravenswood was shot at a real-life abandoned psychiatric hospital in Lilyfield last year starring Australian actors. This was in 2017. Now, months before the movie is due to be released, cast members have revealed the terrifying encounters they experienced in the former insane asylum. We had a crew member refuse to come back to set. I think his exact words were, you guys don't understand what you're dealing with. Executive producer and actor Adam Horner told News Local. Actor Madeline Marie Donner also described a feeling of unease while filming at the abandoned asylum. I felt a real sense of eeriness. Most of our shoots were at night, she said. Now, what I will say about that is I'm going through these photos and I've seen footage of this location. First of all, that is excellent publicity for a film. I mean, if you shoot a horror film in a place and then the actors are like, uh, I mean, how is it that... Everyone who makes a horror film doesn't just do this, doesn't just go to the press and go, mate, this place is actually haunted. We had to stop shooting three times because it builds up publicity. I'm not saying it didn't happen, although it probably didn't. But what I'm saying is it is fascinating. that First of all, it's fascinating that these people went into a, you know, an abandoned asylum because at this point it had been shuttered, Dad. No one was actually there and mm. shot this thing at night. I mean... It would it would definitely lend a little something special to the performances, right? I mean, oh man. Well, when they were filming um, Titanic, yeah, you know that the uh, director made all the actors, 
perform in freezing cold water. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of... I understand the point, but here's a question for you, Paul. And, and all in all sincerity, yes. I'd like you to give me a really honest um, answer. Mm-hmm. So if I was to say to you by yourself yeah no phone nothing i want you to spend an entire night in one of the wards at cullen park would you do that uh i wouldn't but i'd like to explain my answer if i may Hmm. uh 90 percent of the reason i wouldn't want to do it would be because of being afraid of other people because if you look at photos of the insides of the asylum what you see are incredible amounts of graffiti and there's just stuff everywhere and it's very clear that very sketchy people spend time there you know uh, secretly Mm. if you could guarantee my safety from people you know what i mean I, i i might do it I do have a very overactive imagination, so it's entirely possible I would just flip out. How about how about you? Would you do it? No, I, I just I sometimes get scared in my own bed. <laughs> so okay, I'm not saying I'm scared of my reflection, right? But I do. I like you have a very very fertile imagination, mm. and I can't explain everything, and I don't think anyone in the world can explain everything. And I just think you're asking for trouble. I mean. Yeah. I I just think, I mean, I just think it'd be terrible, and I think it'd be. Can you imagine doing it by yourself on a really really stormy night? I I know that the, that sounds a little bit cliched, but you know they give you a, a blanket and a, and, a, and you're sleeping on one of those sort of nineteen twenties sort of hospital beds, and you've got a thin mattress, and you can just get a little bit of glimmering light coming through one of the windows, and mm. and you're on your own. And I just think it's, I just... Yeah, it would take a certain amount of fortitude, which I don't think I have after the year we've all had. You know, I don't think I could do it. But I'm very curious, Dad, as to whether in your research you've come across... Because at this point, you know, people shooting a film there and walking off set and, you know, the general creepy vibe that we saw as we kind of peered in through the windows, that's fine. But I'm very curious as to whether you unearthed anything specific about maybe the way the patients were treated at this place. The patients were... um were treated look i think there's a bit of a thing in the medical world or there was back then where they were regarded as subhuman and devoid of feelings um there would have been some terrible terrible things you know patients would have been taken advantage of that's a fact we know that that british guy the creepy guy with the cigar what was his name the freak that louis thoreau interviewed who's that guy the uh the english guy who was on, you know, the, he was a freaky pedophile creep. He was friends with um, Rolf Harris. No, I have no idea. Oh, what's his name? He had a Jimmy, Jimmy someone, Jimmy Savile. Well, he and Rolf Harris, and this is on the record, mm. Jimmy Savile, he had access to a local um, psychiatric institution in England and he had a key and he used to go there at night time with Rolf Harris and he used to watch people patients in this institution showering at one in the morning now it's it's an and, and there are the, one of the most hideous things in the world that you can possibly imagine is that people that do take advantage of people that are institutionalized and it happens all the time we hear about it all the time because you're taking advantage of vulnerable people mm-hmm. 
To think that these people would also have had medical experiments done on them, that's a fact. And the guy that was in charge of the hospital for many, many years, he he was this guy and he was sort of Harry Richard Bailey. He was the chief psychiatrist at Callan Park, but he went on to work at a place called Chelmsford. And under his care, 25, sorry, 26 Chelmsford patients died because he had this thing called deep sleep therapy and it is it's a blot on our on our on our sort of psychiatric hospital sort of system and that's a very 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 depressing case and to think that a lot of people under his care um, because I guess that there were people within these organizations obviously there were wonderful caring people obviously and that's 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 a given but there were also people that would have perhaps regarded these these patients perhaps as as subhuman yeah and and they did terrible terrible things and i think if you've if you go into an institution now i go there every friday and i walk and i i mean i showed you and tegan those tiny tiny little windows with bars over them and it's just got this it's can you imagine paul being inside that place crazy and they don't have central heating Mm. they just it's it's terrible and you didn't have an advocate to speak on your behalf and i'm sure that a lot of families and doctors too were complicit in putting people away in institutions and once you're in an institution you lose your voice and you are there in a, in a, in in a building that is so full of trauma misery sadness horror that i think that some of this has to be basically etched into the the psyche of the building and i think it's uh yeah it's 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 a building with great great you know trauma and sadness i mean trauma is definitely true i did find this article in the telegraph from back in 2015 i'll read from it now without the luxury of antipsychotic drugs sydney's early asylums were designed to keep the lunatics out of the public eye Callan Park was opened in 1878 with the desire to do just that, but also with the hope of improving patients' lives through the relatively new medical discipline of psychiatry. In the pre-asylum, pre-19th century situation, they used to chain these poor devils up and they were like wild animals, Sydney University medical historian Dr. Milton Lewis said. The early view of them was that they were not really human beings, but half animals. Despite the organization's best efforts, Callan Park soon became overcrowded underfunded and forgotten, creating a toxic climate where sadistic nurses thrived and good souls suffocated. These so-called nurses treat patients most cruelly. They are mechanical, inhumane creatures, one ex-patient wrote in the newspaper Truth on July 29, 1900. I once had my hair pulled until my nose bled. I have seen the nurses twist patients' arms behind their backs until they cried out in pain and bump their heads against the stone wall. Throughout the years, there were accusations of elderly patients bashed with a leather strap filled with studs, patients forced into straitjackets for more than five days at a time, and pills being forced down patients' throats with the full knowledge that they would have a severe allergic reaction. Perhaps one of the saddest stories is that of a 40-year-old Philip Bowman admitted in 1900. Bowman was an unemployed father suffering financial problems and found by local authorities to be laboring under the hallucination that his children were going to starve. Authorities said his stay would be short, but three days into his stay, his jaw was shattered in a most mysterious manner. 
an independent post-mortem found the fractured jaw had never knitted and the jagged ends of the bone were in a state of decay. He had the injury for more than two months before he died with no proper medical treatment given. It was concluded that starvation hastened his death. The 1961 Royal Commission into Callan Park Mental Hospital found there was a group of male staff who were bashing, starving, verbally abusing and failing to clean patients. Now, I believe in the 60s or 70s, the place was shut and then kind of joined up with a real hospital and then closed down. And then I think in the late 90s, early 2000s, it did become a wing of the university and you could go there and basically study the arts. In fact, Dad, when I was at university, one of the last things I did before I left Sydney to come to Melbourne, uh, I actually played an extra in some show, it was like a soap opera, and it was set on a university campus, and they filmed it there. And the asylum area that we pulled up to was where we shot this thing. So they had extras, hundreds of extras, who were basically in university clothing, and it just it looked like a university. Mm. You know, it it looked like the University of Sydney. It looked mm. like one of just one of those happy Sydney institutions. Mm. And I I never imagined at the time that it had housed such horrors. No, it's amazing, Paul. It's fascinating. And um, there's a good photo of the two of us looking through the, the gates, I believe. Yes. If you head across to our Facebook page, you can see us looking into the place. I'm kind of sad it was locked, but at the same time, now that I know what happened in there, I feel like kind of heading in and looking around would have probably not been a great no, I- no. idea. I do wonder how many sites around places like Sydney that look just, you know, like historical sites had horrible shit happening in them, mm. you know? Incredible. And, and fascinating, Paul. And um, I'd like to do a tour of it one night. Yeah, yeah, we should try. I understand that, of course, we didn't talk about, you know, we didn't really talk about hauntings. But I feel like it's it's an aspect of law enforcement that, as you pointed out, has evolved and mm-hmm. has developed. Yeah. And had even moved on to a different place by the 80s. I mean, the the way you were describing the treatment of people as you kind of got them into these locations it seems like it's definitely evolved from definitely. the way it was back then. So. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, if you are in the area, do go across and have a look because it's in the park. You can just walk up and have a look. It's mm. well worth it because it is, sadly, it's just a really beautiful structure. Yeah, yeah. And also, Paul and listeners, just one other crazy thing, and that is that mm. every single Friday afternoon that I walk around mm. without, a, without failure, and I haven't told my walking companion this, I always look up into the through the windows of all the places and you only you and Tegan only just scratch the surface I'd love to take you for a very in-depth walk and it'll it'll literally blow you away and I'm always I'm forever looking and kind of almost hoping to see someone looking down at me and it's weird but as long as we can go during the day I will take you up on that well that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Loose Units The Shadow Files thank you so much for listening we have a great episode of Loose Ends planned for you at the tail end of this week but in the meantime have a great week stay safe and we will see you soon for more Loose Units bye 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 Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.